Welcome to Gadgets, a podcast from Gizmodo where we women explain the latest technology. And we're on video this week, Michelle. Uh, I'm Florence Lyon. Oh my gosh, I can see your face. I can see my face. Oh no. Look what else we can see. Look behind me. Look behind me. Ooh, yeah, Flo has a green screen. I do. This has been sitting in my garage for a long time, and I decided to take it out, and I would be surrounded by all of the things that we're going to talk about on the podcast today, which is pretty much Google's, I guess Google had kind of a hardware event, even though it was a developer conference. Yeah, just like a, a tiny little thing, you know, outside, little picnic. You might not have even noticed it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, where the Grateful Dead used to play a lot, um, that's like... The Shoreline Amphitheater, it's like their big thing. This is where Grateful Dead used to play and where hippies used to come. So how perfect for it to be the, the venue for The pre-show was so I. much fun. By the way, I haven't introduced myself yet. I am your co-host, Michelle Earhart, Consumer Technology Deputy, Deputy Editor at Gizmodo. Uh, apologies for the late introduction. I'm just so excited about Google. But yeah, uh, Google I.O. happened. And the pre-show was so much fun. They played zombie they played uh kids in america it was just like the most wild thing it was fitting for that amphitheater i think it was it was they do that every year so uh for those who are curious you can actually watch the keynote back on youtube if and if anybody wants to just go watch those first 10 minutes um it can it will give you exactly the mood of google io uh, but they always start off every developer keynote every year with like a little music uh, performance because think, you know uh, they're Apple's, at the venue. <laughs> I think Apple's WWDC should open with a Mr. Brightside this summer. Oh, <laughs> wow. I don't know if I could handle that throwback because that song came out the uh, summer that I graduated high school. And, you know, like the summer between high school and college – it's the kind of freedom you'll never feel again in your life. Just it's also something that Apple would never do. I just thought it was so funny that that was the vibe I was getting from Google. I guess they want to differentiate themselves, but not too much because at this Google I.O., they announced a bunch of new gear, including Flow, the uh, Google, the Pixel. Why well, I almost said <laughs> Apple Watch. The Pixel Watch. Their first actual Google smartwatch, uh, which is obviously competing with the Apple Watch. So we've got plenty to discuss today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do. We have a lot. And actually, I feel like, Michelle, we should just go ahead. Let's take a quick little break and then we'll jump into it. it in the beginning, but apparently Google I.O. is a hardware show now, which it wasn't really in years past. Every year, Google has this big developer conference. It maybe goes silent to some folks, but for those of us in the industry, it's all that we can pay attention to this week because this is the time when Google kind of lays out the red carpet and goes, here's what we're working on behind the scenes in our AI divisions, in the assistant. And here's all the new hardware that apparently we're going to release. Yeah, as you can see behind Flow, they just like went ahead and uh, are also, I'll put up a photo right here. 
they just mm-hmm. went ahead and announced their whole hardware or at least their pixel lineup uh, through the rest of the year and even one device that they expect to come out in 2023. It wasn't the majority of the show. It was like the last 15 minutes, which was really annoying to us as tech journalists. Um, to, but, you know, it's Google I.O. What they like to do is they like to spend the vast majority of the show bragging about stuff they did months ago or like making promises about stuff that they are, they, they're definitely going to do uh, next year. Um, and I guess these are, are part of the promise segment now. So uh, at the this promise segments, I, I yes. like that, actually. <laughs> Sounds like an emo band. Ooh. Okay, we, we're trademarking that. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, next Google I.O., they'll play one of our songs. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. But yeah, this Google I.O. saw new Pixel phones. It saw new Pixel uh, earbuds with active noise canceling, very clearly aiming at the Apple AirPods Pro, um, which are a few years old now. So I'm curious to see what Apple does at its developers conference. Um they announced the Pixel Watch, which got leaked a while back and is probably the star of the show for us. And then to uh, Flo's right, there's a mysterious tablet uh, that oh, they yes. um, they didn't tell us a lot about other than that it will run Android and that it will come out in 2023. Yeah, let's talk about this one real quick. So a couple things I noticed on Twitter, <laughs> a lot of folks saying, it looks like an iPad, which... These are all renderings. So to be quite frank, we don't really know what these things look like. We just know what the graphic designers at Google put together for us to have, you know, an image in our mind. And so far, what we see here is just like this very bare bones sort of looking device. It doesn't have like the same. Oh, my goodness. Doing this backwards, by the way, is is very fun uh, on the video feed. I'm, I'm trying to like point at things. But you'll notice it doesn't have the signature camera bar on the back like the pixel smartphones so already like design language there's a little variance there what i really feel though is that this pixel tablet is going to try and bring android back to tablets previously it kind of felt like google not necessarily abandoned it but definitely shelved the android on the tablets bit let the other OEMs, you know, kind of deal with it. Like Lenovo has been really uh, successful with their line of tablets and Samsung as well. But I feel like now Google's like, we're going to take it back. But this is not necessarily going to be a device that I, I don't know if it's going to have the same uh, existence as an iPad. I feel like this is definitely going to be a buy this in addition to the rest of your Pixel hardware. Because look, what I have behind me is an ecosystem of devices. Like this is this is the real announcement. This is the real this is the real announcement right here. Is that Google is officially considering itself a hardware company, no longer just a search giant. Right. Uh, I agree. I think that they uh, they actually said several times throughout the show that their uh, devices are meant to like work in tandem with each other and you're meant to be able to take the same experience from your phone to your tablet to your watch and just like they said modern computing should just be using whatever screen is most convenient for the task, uh, which is actually not something I disagree with and I think is mm-hmm. similar to Apple. 
uh, as well. I, I know I keep making that comparison and Android fans will probably kill me for it. But, you know, like Apple, one of the key selling points to their AirPods is just like you can quickly move it from your phone to your iPad uh, to your MacBook without having to go into the Bluetooth menu, unselect it, and then oh. reselect it on the new device. Yeah. I am definitely looking forward to that kind of parody across the whole ecosystem as an Android user. I do have a little bit of fear, though, um, about some possible... I'm curious to see how the other manufacturers in the Android space are going to deal with all of this, because this is definitely coming for Samsung's ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Because... I'm wearing Galaxy Buds right now. I have a Galaxy Watch 4. I don't have a Samsung phone. I have a OnePlus. But the fact is I don't have to use Pixel devices to have this kind of ecosystem. But I'm also scared because what does this mean for all the special bits that are coming to Android? I hope that, you know, it's the same experience regardless of manufacturer. Right. I think that's one of the key selling points to Android. You know, it's it's not as locked down as apple it's still not quite like a pc experience but it's a lot closer to pc than uh apple is in that you get more choice (laughs) (laughs) so as android clearly like tries to emulate apple which i understand uh it it comes with a lot of prestige doing that um and it helps uh extend features that maybe that can be pushed across the entire ecosystem, even beyond Pixel devices, um, it does leave you wondering uh, how, say, Samsung is going to react. Although we will say that the Pixel Watch uses Wear OS, which was uh, made in collaboration with Samsung, right, Flo? No, actually, uh, Wear OS is... Yeah, Wear OS is is Android specific. What Samsung did is put like its own skin on top of it and took the bits that it already did with its elder Tizen OS that it used to have on the older watches and sort of collaborated that. And what we have now is this like mishmash of the two. And it's still a little fragmented in some cases, which is why we have been waiting. Android fans have been waiting for the Pixel Watch because we want something stock from Google, something that shows exactly what Wear OS was supposed to be in Google's vision. But we're, I mean, we're still waiting because this thing is technically still theoretical. Even though, by the way, Rick Osterlow, SVP of hardware at Google, was wearing it in the last segment. And I noticed everybody else was wearing the same watch I am, which is the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4. And thus far, the watch that everybody has been flocking to if they want a watch in the Android sphere. So um, that Pixel can't come soon enough. But we're not going to see it until the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro, which were also teased. And those are expected in the fall. So let's see. October? What is that? About four months from now? Three, four months from now? You know, and that's expected. We're still facing um, chip shortages uh, and things keep getting pushed back. It's funny. um, I was editing a couple pieces uh, the other day. And last, I think last week we published a story where Intel was like, our GPUs that we're making are on the way. And then earlier this week, they said, our GPUs are canceled. And just seeing those two stories next to each other was hilarious to me. Uh, mm. You know, companies are getting more optimistic, but maybe biting off more than they can chew. That's interesting about Wear OS, though. They said several times throughout the show that they, they work with Samsung. Um, but you can see how much I, I know the... Um, 
the smartwatch ecosystem. I actually just got my first uh, smartwatch yes, you this did. week. I said a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago that I'm anti-smartwatch, but it's my boyfriend's birthday. Um, I decided to get him an Apple Watch, and while I was there, I figured I'll get one for myself. So this is his face. <laughs> I'll start for paying one. more attention to. Yeah, <laughs> I was not worried he one. might be upset about me doing that, like taking some of his light o- away from his birthday. But no, he's fine with it. Right. Um, you know, us Tauruses, <laughs> we like to have the spotlight on ourselves. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a Taurus. I'm a, I'm a Capricorn. I know nothing about astrology, but my aunt says that's a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, Both are signs. Both are signs. Uh, is this a good time for us to quickly segue, by the way, into the Pixel 6a, which is a piece of hardware that will actually be available a little sooner than these other things? This uh, phone is a mid-range device from Google, and it's going to be available beginning July 28th. It's on sale, but you can pre-order it July 21st. So you still have to wait about two months. Notice I keep looking down, by the way, at the date because I need to do the math in my head <laughs> of how much time is away from this. But that's that's kind of like the whole mm, weird part of this announcement is like there was a lot of teasing going on at this show for what's coming. And Michelle, do you think that that's going to like change whether people are going to wait to buy this or are they just going to be like, I don't have time to wait for this. I need a phone now. Um, If it were coming like within the next couple months, I think so. Um, which will be the case for the the Pixel 6a, but I don't know if people are necessarily going to wait for the 7 uh, based on this uh, announcement because I think people would gen- people who are the kind of people to be conscientious about that are probably already aware of Google's release calendar and mm-hmm. and are already planning to wait for that. Yeah, that's very true. The Pixel 7 is going to launch around the time of the next iPhone. So that's kind of when we expect those flagships. This Pixel 6a, though, is entering a market that already has a lot of competition. Uh, I just recently reviewed the Samsung Galaxy A53, and that's a similarly priced phone around, I think that's like $430. Or actually, I think I'm thinking about the iPhone SE as well. That has a similar strategy to this Pixel 6a. The 6A has the silicone of Pixel 6, so you're getting the same processor that's in the flagship, but it's in the lower-priced phone. So it's very interesting. Similar strategy as Apple, what they did with the iPhone SE versus the iPhone 13. So it's very interesting to see if it's gonna, if it's just gonna like help the longevity of the device. If it's something that's really gonna benefit people, uh, because because Google has again a lot more partners than Apple does. So that is the interesting thing to me specifically with that processor strategy because it mirrors uh, the, I believe it's still a leak uh, from Apple's next low end iPhone, uh, which is that it will continue to use the same chip as the current uh, batch of iPhones, which makes you think, well, what's the point of upgrading? I guess maybe you get a better camera. Um, whereas this is kind of the opposite tack with Google, where its new uh, budget phone uses the same processor as its current uh, more high-end phones. It's just, you know, it's cheaper, I guess, in terms of camera and, and screen and battery and all of the, uh, the things that make the processor worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, that's you're right. Uh, there's still a, I believe it's still a... Sn- 
I had to look it up. It's either 60 or 90 hertz. But the refresh rate is not as high as what you'd get on, like, the Samsung Galaxy A53, which they put in 120 hertz. You know, Samsung does displays. That's what they're good at. So they went into their their own supply chain closets and just busted out what they had left. Google doesn't have that uh, ability. So I, again, this... Google I.O. gave us a glimpse at what's coming. None of this can be touched yet. Are, I, I, are we excited? Like, are you interested in what you see here as a person who's not currently, you know, knee deep in the Google ecosystem? At this point, as someone who, like, just bought an, an Apple Watch <laughs> and, and AirPods Pro on a right. personal level, like, Apple has their chains on me now. It would be it would be difficult to, to leave that ecosystem as someone who used to use a Pixel that I did not like very much. Um, I think this gives me a lot more faith in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a PC person. I like customizing. That's why I started off with Android. But uh, the older I get, the more I need to just like quickly pull out my phone and do something for work. I think convenience is what speaks to me a lot on a mobile experience, which is part of why I swapped to a uh, to iOS and I feel like a lot of the changes that they're making here are going to make the experience more convenient. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always uh, have a little trepidation about like first gen hardware from Google and the watch right. is obviously the biggest change there. Uh, the bezels seem kind of nasty on it. I thought that they would uh, be like these side waterfalling things but then I saw a video running on the watch and I'm like Ooh, that's not ideal. Um, it maybe looks a little chonky to me, but uh, Flo, you're the one who knows the uh, the Android smartwatch experience better, so I suppose you can speak to that a bit more easily. Mm, I don't. I don't have faith <laughs> that this. I don't have faith that I'm going to go out and buy this watch uh, and exchange it for my Galaxy Watch Four. I will say that. Because the Galaxy Watch 4, you know, okay, let's see. I turn it on. It's got bezels, right? You kind of saw that real quick. And I don't mind it because of the other utility that I get from it. But also this watch is very thin, the Samsung one that I have. So it's so comfortable. I wear it all day. Sometimes I fall asleep with it on. So we'll have to see if the Pixel Watch has that same. Again, it's very hard to talk about it as a theoretical that's I'm the problem more... with any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was expecting the the sort of reactions to the new Pixel lineup uh, to hit to last in social media through today at least, and I don't see a ton of people talking about them. And I wonder if it's because they don't really have much to go on, especially because like the six A is nice, but it's a mid range phone, and all we know about the seven and the seven Pro is they're coming. Uh, not everyone is sold on smartwatches. Me, a couple weeks ago, I was still yeah. kind of eh on smartwatches. Um, so the Pixel Watch is only going to get so much interest from people. The The Pixel Buds Pro are, are nice. I, I'm pretty interested in those, especially because those you, will can, do okay. you can use them on, on non-Pixel devices mm-hmm. pretty easily. You can use them on non-Android devices, and they have slightly cheaper active noise canceling. Um than the AirPods Pro. (laughs) Slightly cheaper. Yeah, not everybody likes those AirPods Pro. The thing I'm noticing about earbuds is I'm like sitting here fiddling with my earbud. Um, It's because, by the way, I fell asleep in these last night. So my ears are very like, (laughs) 
But in all sincerity, that's like a big thing about earbuds is that they all are different looking. So mm-hmm. they fit into different ears differently because ears are not a one size fits all body part. I mean, not none of us are one size fits all. Uh, but with the ears specifically, like listening to music when you're putting something in your ear, everybody has different canal size, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I like I don't like the Pixel Buds. They don't work with my body anatomy, but the Galaxy mm-hmm. Buds work fantastic. Uh, AirPods if wind blows at me, it immediately falls out of my ear. So, wow, I'm not built. Uh, for, I'm not built for some of these things. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to my AirPods. So what I'm using right now are actually like, uh, like cheap thirty dollar. I have a, I have a couple of those around the house just as like backup uh, mm-hmm. earbuds, and they're 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 pretty decent. Um, but I I take the train into work every day. I've gotten back into podcasts. I took a break from them for a bit. And the idea of being able to turn on noise canceling and like not have to pause my audio or just like push it up to the max, which is probably not great for me every time a train goes by, is so appealing to me. Um, but even then, yeah. I was trying out the AirPods Pro in the store, and I'm like, I'm willing to make the compromise on this build for the noise canceling, but. Mm. It's still a little chonky for me. I don't love silicon tip uh, air or earbuds of, of any kind, um, and but those are the only ones with the noise canceling. So these Pixel Buds Pro also have uh, silicone tips as well, but mm-hmm. their body shape seems like they might help them fit into my ear more easily. So uh, who knows? I just bought some AirPods Pro, so... Hopefully that wasn't a waste of money um, because I might get these when they come out if they turn out to be really well. Another thing I'm interested in is that uh, that Pixel tablet or that Google tablet. I'm not sure if it has a name, a proper name yet. It's just kind of a vague 2023 release. Um, but right now, the only tablet I have is a hand-me-down iPad for my boyfriend that I pretty much use exclusively for reading comics uh, because it's so old. It's not powerful enough to do oh anything else. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, my goodness. But, uh, you know, I've been away from Android for a little while, and this tablet might be a good way to re-experience hmm. it, um, especially hmm. because for my phone, like I said, I like convenience. And uh, after... The App Store has plenty of, like, nice official apps for using on your phone. Probably a few more than uh, the Play Store does, which is something we've talked about in the past. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to, like, uh, a tablet, that's something I'm leaning back with at home. Um, I might be more interested in side-loading apps there. And Android is a bit more friendly to side-loading in my experience, so... We're going to have to test all of these things when they come out because I also I want to hear what you would be like with a with a Windows tablet. That's true. I, uh, it's not no, easy. Re- Windows tablet is not easy. It's not as touch I've friendly. I've used Windows tablets in the past. Well, I've used Windows convertibles a ton and detachables in the past. I think Windows 11, yeah. not the best OS in, in my experience, but it has made the touch experience a lot easier. Um, yeah. But without Windows 11, I wouldn't use a Windows tablet. Uh, right. And right. even with Windows 11, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, it might be part of why Google is ditching Chrome OS for, yes. for Android for its tablet as well. Because yes. like 
Chrome OS, somewhat touch friendly, can use Android apps. Still built for like Chromebooks, right? So not mm-hmm. not great for a tablet. They're built for a laptop or like a keyboard and display form factor. So I think mm-hmm. that's why Google's like, you know what, the Pixel Slate didn't really translate as well so let's go back to the drawing board um and you know i personally hope that we can see something that will be just as successful as the nexus 7 tablet was which was the last perfect tablet that google made that was uh manufactured by asus and of course i am referring to the second generation nexus 7 not the first generation everybody knows i'm talking about the black back versus the white back uh but that was the last great android tablet so we're just we're praying, we're tarotting, we're speaking to our astrologists, we're manifesting for this to be the <laughs> Flo, real return of the Android so tablet. California. I'm here <laughs> in know, my New York <laughs> office hearing these taxis go by going beep, beep, and you're talking about talking to your astrologists. Manifesting a perfect pixel tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That feels like a good spot for us to take a quick little break because we still have some, like, other non-hardware bits we should get through. So, Mm -hmm. more on that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Go for it. Google didn't just make hardware announcements. That was actually, as Michelle mentioned, the last what half hour of the keynote. In fact, most of the two-hour keynote, which I had to tell, break it to Michelle first thing uh, Wednesday morning. Michelle, this is a two-hour keynote, so buckle my, in. And my get your cat snacks. was not happy about the length <laughs> of that keynote, but. Yes, but we got so much out of it because what Google does is it late, you know, it has to market what it's working on behind the scenes what developers are working on get the shareholders and everybody excited about what's coming up so one way that they're trying to sort of curry favor with folks after all this like ooh, our data is not safe um call out is that they're now allowing you to delete yourself excuse me delete your critical information from searches you can't completely delete yourself but you can delete your address your phone number any identifying information that could be used against you and with how abusive the internet has become this is really this was a good move oh no Flo, i'm gone where am i oh I've, no I've deleted myself oh <laughs> oh no I don't no, know I've been zooming in on you throughout the podcast, <laughs> but I thought I'd have some fun with the new video format. Um, I really wish I could just like fully 
No, I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, I know. I think that is a good move. We've actually, like, Flo, I think you're a strong proponent of the, the service Delete Me, which kind of does that stuff for you already. Um, mm -hmm. And it, this probably won't be as strong as, like, subscription services like that, which will, like, reach out to companies that have your information and say, delete Oh, you this. can still go to Spokio and give them mm -hmm. eight bucks. I may or may not know this. And give them some money, and they'll give you the address and phone number of anybody. It's it's very easy. But it's it's something. Um, and I guess something is better than not. It's something. It's, it's, it's a good something. move. It's a good move for optics. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, it's like with home security, Technically, you can break into a house that has home security fairly easily, but why would you do that when there's an unprotected house right next door? You know, it's it, if you make it too hard, mm. that will de deter some people already. Well, there is the other thing that is very nice that Google added, but but Shoshana Wojcinski, our coworker, reminded me to be a little dubious whenever Google makes these announcements. So during the keynote, Google announced that you could customize what ads would be shown to you in places like YouTube, which I am, you know, I'm excited for this because there's a lot of really awful <laughs> ads that target you on YouTube and you just don't want to see them. Like, it's okay. I'll, I'll watch the same TikTok ad 50 times, but please do not send me the Epoch Times. Like, that's not something that I read. Um, so you'll be able to go into your settings sometime in the future and adjust these. But Shoshana sort of reminded us that you're actually just helping the algorithm target you a little better. <laughs> you're helping Google essentially know exactly within which parameters you'd like to be uh, targeted and where you would not. So pluses and minuses. Yeah, It's like all those surveys that, you know, websites will send you. Anything that they can do to get, like, free consumer data is good for them. Um, there is some utility in this in that right. maybe I won't be get recommended a 45-minute, a you know, far-right documentary that insults people I know and love anymore at the bottom of my funny cat video. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I click, click that I like an ad for McDonald's because I'm addicted to those fries, um, that only lets Google know, okay, show her all the McDonald's. I mean, I would love to just be inundated with Taco Bell ads instead of some of the garbage that is on YouTube. So, I, you yeah. know, it's a give and take, right? Uh, the other little bits of good news that came out of the keynote is that Google's enforcing two-factor authentication on everybody. Um, and they're also putting in some new anti-phishing protections, which if you've been watching your email or Google Calendar lately, you might have noticed uh, a lot more spam making it through and a lot more... Um, spammy calendar invites mm -hmm. is the other thing that's been happening to a lot of people so these are all these are all just nice to have and they're it, gonna and it add a, so they're gonna add anti-phishing to like google uh google office as well so like google mm -hmm. docs google sheets mm -hmm. uh, anything where you have like a publicly shared document with people um, that theoretically a stranger could access. They're going to take then the same algorithms that they use in their email and supposedly allow you to uh, 
use that in those as well. Yeah, so it's all just little things. Uh, now, the, the other, uh, going outside the realm of security, Google also showed off an AR demo, which we're going to get into in just a little bit, why the, this is really significant. But we'll introduce it to you first. Scene exploration for Google Lens is a pretty big deal because what it's basically going to allow you to do is pan your Android phone I wonder if actually this will probably come to iOS too, just thinking about Google Lens. But you'll be able to yeah. pan across like a shelf of, let's say, food. And then you'll be able to ask Google to only pick out like what's gluten free or, you know, uh, a flour that's made by a black owned business or, uh, you know, chocolate that's from this region of New Jersey. Uh, you know, it's all things that people want to filter by. And we'll get into why that's going to be really interesting in just a little bit. But Beyond that, I wanted to also bring up a fun new feature that's coming to the Google Nest Hub Max, which is the latest smart display that they have. Guess what? Now you could just stare over at your smart display and go, turn on the lights, stare at it, turn on the lights. Exactly. You just point at it. I I need you (laughs) to lock the door. Uh, it's really, it makes, I don't know, I've been trying to be more polite to, to Siri lately, to be you nice should. to Siri. Um, <laughs> you should. So that when Siri goes full Skynet, she will You should will absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which, this feels like the opposite of, you just go and stare at your hub and say, do the thing. But at the same time, anything to get away from saying, okay, or those are just like the most awkward wake phrases in the world. And we'll have to make sure that we bleep out those wake phrases <laughs> because oh. we don't wanna... I'm sorry. That's a good That's point. That's all right. That's all right. That it happens on this show, right? We've got all these smart home things that we have to talk to. Do we want to quickly, let's touch upon, we are kind of running out of time here, but I do want to quickly touch upon before we get to our last segment new Google image search results for makeup will now be filtered by skin tone. This is a big deal. This is Mm -hmm. a big deal. Uh, Google says that you can search for makeup by filtering for skin tone. And the new feature is going to leverage what is known as the Monk Skin Tone Scale, which is a tool developed by Ellis Monk, an associate professor of sociology at Harvard. And it was designed to provide a, quote, broader spectrum of skin tones that can be leveraged to evaluate data sets and machine learning models for better representation, end quote. Google says that this is going that they're going to make this technology open source. So that was the other big news at the Google I, I.O. keynote. So other companies can use it or adapt it for their own purposes. And Google's also working on applying lessons learned in this research to its photo apps. This is good across the board. There's very uh, representation has been so one note for so long. I'm saying this as a white person. But I do want to introduce just a tiny bit of cynicism and skepticism here about this feature because it is our job as journalists to point that out, which is that a lot of this feels very heavy handed after the firings of AI ethicists like Timnit Gebru, 
who was a black woman who was fired for speaking out against uh, biased algorithms. We've had a couple of other firings <laughs> happening uh, across the board at Google HQ. The New York Times uh, has reported on them. You, you know, if you Google it, you will find uh, what we're referring to. And so just like thinking about the history of what's been going on, it can make these bits of news can kind of overshadow these bits of news that actually made a lot of people really happy. I saw a lot of uh, happiness on Twitter about this these new features coming. You know, Google has probably thrown tons of money at this. Um, that doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that it's going to work. I have uh, a little bit of skepticism, not behind the idea, excellent idea, but I worry about the execution. Google has had really problematic uh, uh, connections that its algorithms have made in the past regarding skin tone. Um, uh, but hopefully people will get use out of it, but it doesn't mean that the company gets off uh, without any accountability for its, its past behavior. It's good to see them make these changes, um, but they should be the first steps of many. And ideally there should mm -hmm. be people making these these uh these products and these innovations who are the same people who would you know benefit most from them um mm -hmm. rather than being fired from the teams uh teams making them um it is interesting to see these changes being applied to their camera app as well historically uh cameras have not across tons of manufacturers have not handled uh dark skin tones as well as, since as the lighter beginning skin of time, tones. Mm -hmm. By the way, since cameras started. Um, but Google has that this is still more in the works than like stuff like searching for makeup. So we don't know a ton yet. But you know, Google says that it will um, what is it says it'll show your true self is the the word they used a ton or the phrase they used a ton throughout the conference. It's called it sounds real like tone real tone yeah um and then you'll have a, a lighting uh slider as well that you can do to mm. um adjust which would be nice regardless of skin tone but they specifically showed it in the context of skin tone um so we'll we'll see uh a lot of we'll this see. is still in the we'll see phase it feels like a really good uh time for us to take a quick little water break and when we get back we'll get into the last we'll see one more th delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall uncovering secrets from his past he learns a chilling truth it's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Thing that was a Google I.O. Well, in another very Apple mood, 
Music, Google left us with one very last little thing at the very, very end of their keynote. So if you got up from your seat too fast or you <coughs> closed the window, you didn't see this. But what it was was a two-minute video of what looked to be a pair of augmented reality glasses. Very uh, Rivers Cuomo-styled sort of glasses. Very thick-rimmed, you know, something that you would perhaps wear with a sweater. Uh, and these AR glasses, what they were shown to do was live transcriptions just right there in one part of the eye from whoever was talking to you in another language. And, um, you know, I mentioned uh, the scene exploration in Google Lens earlier, and I I just feel like this is it. Like, this is what, what it's going to be like when Google finally <laughs> implements its AR vision. What do you think, Michelle? Um, I'm excited by how, well, okay, I have multiple thoughts because my cynical immediate first thought is it's Google Glass 2.0. I know. Um, but no, what I'm excited by is how normal the glasses looked. Uh, they weren't these big bulky things. They weren't even necessarily as thick as like uh, Snapchat spectacles, which are probably yeah. the the closest to being like um, the most unobtrusive AR glasses you can get. They just look like regular glasses, um, which I think is the type of VR or AR more realistically experience that I want. Um, I don't want to have this big, heavy thing uh, bolted to my head for several hours, uh, directly blocking my vision of the real world, even if there's software solutions around that. Um, but this seems like something that people would actually buy. And uh, showing it as a, a way to do translations rather than as like a fun little heads up display for the real world like glass was i think is a smart move because that is something people mm -hmm. actually use their smartphone for quite often it's something that they uh you know mentioned earlier in the show a lot of the early parts of google io were just talking about like the regular google search and google maps and google translate suite and uh, it's interesting to see them recognize they still have that strength even as they move into the hardware market and base new hardware around those strengths. Uh, that said, this was just a very small teaser. We don't have a name yet. We don't very even small. know if these glasses uh, will end up looking like that, which is a shame because I do want them to look like that. Uh, I'm Same. very picky about what kind of VR or AR devices I put on my face. Um, but... It's still a touch metaverse which is always something that spooks me a little bit for a number of reasons. Um, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a metaverse application that is firmly rooted in our reality and in uh, real world exactly. needs and, and serving people who might not otherwise be served by, by other options. So I think it's a smart move. I do too. And finally, I will have a way to like know what my Tamagotchi is saying without hovering my phone over it so I can translate the Japanese. Do they not make... <laughs> I know you love the modern Tamagotchis. I haven't interacted with them a ton. Are there not ones in English still? Or No, there, there are. They just release different ones. So Japan has like some of their own models oh, and I import them. Uh, yeah, but unless there's an English version, you can't patch them unless you like really extremely know what you're doing which i do not 
So well, Flo, it was your birthday this week. I know that. So happy belated birthday. Thank you. Uh, happy birthday hope to I'm your not... boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his birthday is today, the day we're recording. Um, I hope I'm not spoiling too much for the audience by revealing that it was your birthday. Uh, but we should do a gift for you. We should do a, an all Tamagotchi episode at some point in the future. Ugh. I would love to. But actually, Michelle, before we uh, close out the show, I want you to know I brought a gift for you. <gasps> so uh, very quickly, I would like to show you. I'm going to stand up very quickly and I'll show you what my gift is. <laughs> oh, my you God. You can even see it with the green screen. Yeah, <laughs> you're, green. I assume the, the logo is green, but you've got a, a Neon Genesis Evangelion shirt in the Garfield font, like Garfield yes. and Friends. That's wonderful. <laughs> that hits both sides of my personality. I mean, I, ever since we had that anime talk now, I'm just like, I've been bothering Michelle. Like, Michelle, I went to Five Below and I saw anime posters. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I spent a good amount of last week talking to Flo on Slack about uh, revolutionary girl Utena, mm-hmm. um, which seems like, vigorous nod seems like the next thing on your list oh i'll show you what i was watching actually we'll do that we'll do that side channel though <laughs> because is, I, I got into what something we can this use, week <laughs> what we can use our new video for though this is a good way to end the show having exactly. more video not just a great way to show you gadgets show you what smart watches we're wearing i say pointing to my empty wrist but also thank you flo uh but also we can more easily show off our anime merch so maybe in the future, I'm working on a gunpla that I'm going to bring into my desk. So maybe in the future, you'll see my master grade Hyakushiki Heck showing yeah. up on gadgets. Perfect. Well, Michelle, before we go, uh, let's thank our new producer and editor, Artem Golub, for making us look really good this week. <laughs> thank, thank you, Artem. You, Artem. We also want to thank our cover designer, Vicky Lida, who is out there making beautiful art at many places. And uh, we want to remind everybody that if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, you can always email us at gadgets at gizmodo.com. That goes to both of our inboxes. And you can also tweet us at Gizmodo. Uh, you could tweet me at oh, that flow. Michelle, where can people find you on Twitter? They can tweet me at Shell Earhart. It's like Michelle, but with the MI cut off. Perfect. And you know, if you type in Shell and you follow me on Twitter, it'll auto uh, fill it for you. Just FYI. Hey, thank you. So, look at those APIs working for us in our favor. If you like what you are hearing or you like what you are seeing, please subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts and your video podcasts. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on Spotify because those two things really help us get found. So I guess until next week, Michelle, I feel like let's take a nap because next week there's more news to cover. (laughs) Ah, See you next week, everyone. See you next week. Bye.